Hey guys, you're listening to Making Meaningful, the podcast. Welcome to our little corner of the airwaves where we hope to advocate, educate, and inspire you with stories of really cool people doing really good things and making it meaningful every day. We're your hosts, Mark Milo, speaker, presenter, and Parkinson's Foundation ambassador, and Nikki Lewisell, writer and blogger at Just Shake It Off and patient advocate. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the sixth episode of Making It Meaningful, the podcast. We're here today with a live guest in our studio. That's kind of scary. Yay. And you're here with uh, with Mark Milo and Nikki Lewisell. And uh, Nikki, why don't you go ahead and introduce us to our, our guest today? So, hey, Mark, how are you? You know, I, if I was doing any better, I'd have to be two people. You know, really? I'm doing well. Yes. That's, two marks is a little scary. So we're just going to let that one sit. So, and try not to think about it because it scares me. So, but I'm super excited. We are here with our very first live guest and we are here with Sarah Mullador, who is a very, very good friend of mine. Um, we've known each other since we were kids. Um, she might be a few years younger than me. We're not going to go there either. But um, Sarah is a teacher in the Charlevoix School District. She currently teaches fifth grade and does social studies and I believe ELA currently. Okay. And Sarah um, is, in my mind, the epitome of someone who is making it meaningful in just about every aspect of her life. And I am so excited to have her and to introduce you guys to her and let you get to know a little bit more about Sarah. So Sarah, welcome to Making It Meaningful. Thanks for having me. This is fun. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to start off before we get into um, the, the topics that we want to really get into, we have this thing that we're going to do on making it meaningful called six to start. And it's just a way for us to kind of get to know our guests a little bit better. Um, Each episode that we have a live guest, we're going to ask them these same questions. So we're just going to get into this with you and start with what do you like about yourself? What do I like about myself? I love that I have a heart for others. I agree. I love that I know how to play the piano. I agree. Uh, and I really love to read. So if I thought of three things, those would be my three things that I love about myself. All right. And nice. that right there is why we are such good friends. So <laughs> <laughs> that Two right peas there. in a pod, right? Yeah. yeah yes, yeah. we are. We are. So, all right. So, Sarah, would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Oh, I always love this question because I think I'm an introvert in some ways, and then I think I'm an extrovert in others. So in the classroom, I totally have to be an extrovert because I have to, you know, pull kids in, pull, you know, reach all of these different kids and their different styles and the different things about them. I think by nature, I was very introverted. Um, but I think throughout my life, I've learned to be a little less introverted. I would so agree. you're an introvert, but you can be extroverted when you're forced to be. <laughs> be you know, it used to like be, that. it used to be forced on me quite often. You could ask my mom 
that I was a very um, introverted, but I have become very much of an extrovert since since my younger years. Excellent. I think you're you're just you're a people person. You you draw people in and you're engaging, and I think that helps bring out the extrovert in you too. I think so so too, and I just I love people. So yeah, yeah, it shows. It shows. What is something random about you that not many people know about? I'm deathly afraid of mice. Okay. That's one. Okay. Um, yeah, that would be one that I don't know what people would ever. I guess if you know me well enough, you would know that I'm afraid of mice, but that's just a random. That's just a random. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Mark, what do you have? <laughs> what is something that you learned something important that you learned in your 20s? Something important I learned in my 20s. So when I was in my 20s, oh, I I can answer this one. I got this. Um, (laughs) When I was, you know, when you're in your 20s, for me, I went through a lot. So it was college. It was marriage. It was a job. It was children. And I think that I learned patience was probably a, a, a big thing for me, um, just to be patient in all those different aspects of my life. I was a basketball coach then, too. So um, I think I definitely patience. About that. Was, yeah, um, yeah. I would say patience was something that I learned. And I could probably think of examples from like every aspect of all those things where I had to learn to be patient. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. So and a good thing to continue to have, because like you said, that crosses just about every area of our lives if, if we allow it to. So, right. <laughs> yeah. If you could have coffee with any historical figure, alive or gone, who would you choose to have coffee with? If I were to have coffee with anyone... I'd probably want to have a coffee with Mary, the mother of Jesus. Okay. Mm. All right. I think that would be just interesting to hear her story and how afraid she may have been, how an incredible opportunity she had been given. And I think I would want to have coffee with her to talk to her about being Jesus's mom. That is a great answer. That's a great that would answer. Be, I would like to be a fly on the wall of that conversation. That would be right? interesting. Definitely. <laughs> right? Let right? us know what coffee shop you're meeting at because we'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So your sixth and final question is, describe your last seven days in one word, if possible. Your last seven days. My last seven days. Exciting. Excellent. In one word, and it's been exciting. We've had, had a lot. We've had a lot going on um, personally, and it's all good. It's all exciting, and um, I have a senior in high school. It's exciting. I have two kids in sports. It's exciting. New weeks at school are always exciting. So I'd say exciting. Awesome. That's great. That's a great answer. Uh, that's a pretty great way to be able to sum up your last seven days, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
So, well, thank you for sharing that with us, Sarah. It's always fun to get to know a different side of, of our guests. And for me, even having been your friend for so many years to get to, to dig in and ask you some of those kind of things. So yeah, I, I wasn't totally, expecting it. So it was yeah. great. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. And it I had totally fun. forgotten that you coached basketball. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have Ellie give you a call if she needs some uh, coaching advice. So Excellent. yeah. So anyway, we have you on here because as I said, you are the epitome of someone who is making it meaningful in every day, the way you live your life and the things that you do. And I mentioned that you are a teacher. How long have you been teaching? This is my 23rd year at, with Charlevoix Public Schools. I was, that was going to be my next one. They've all been with Charlevoix, haven't they? They have. Wow. So you yep. were like 12 when you started. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Young yeah. prodigy. <laughs> and you've been in three different... Well, no, two different buildings, but your this oh, building yeah. is revamped since you were in it last time. So, so I, my, I first started where the public library is. That was my okay. first year. And then okay. I moved um, to in town and then I moved to the north side of town and then I moved back to in town. Okay. So I've been in a bunch of buildings and I've taught fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade and seventh grade. Yes. And you have had all of the Lou crew. I believe I've had all the Lou crew. I love the yeah. Lou crew. <laughs> and you're still teaching. And I'm still teaching. <laughs> we didn't force you into retirement. <laughs> nope, so. not at all. <laughs> yes. So, and you currently teach fifth grade social studies and ELA. Correct. So, yep. Okay. All right. Now, what um, we wanted to kind of talk about those that, that um, are from the Charlevoix area or surrounding area. Um, know that you do a really amazing program um, at Christmas time. And I believe if I'm remembering correctly, you do it at spring break as well. I do. Okay. okay. And it started small. Um, you provide yep. food for kids. I, d I don't know. I think this was something that I think I knew was an issue, but until I worked for a short time in an elementary school, I did not realize what an issue it was and how deep this issue ran. But um, food insecurity and um, access to food when school is not in session is a, a deep concern. And there are kids that at school is the only time they eat. And you saw that and you did something about it. So tell us about that. How did, how did it start? Yeah. Well, when you asked me about being part of this, I was thinking back to how it started and it started from one child talking to me before spring break. And I don't remember what the conversation was about. I don't know if it was a whole class conversation. Somebody was going somewhere for spring break. And, you know, those conversations are always hard for me because not everybody gets to go places or do things. And at Christmas time, not everybody gets Christmas presents or has the ability to, you know, get things. And right. it, it always hurt my heart if I heard kids talk sadly, 
or negatively about those kind of breaks. And so this conversation, whatever the conversation was, honestly, I don't remember. It was about 10 years ago now, I think. Um, A child came to me and said, I don't like spring break, Mrs. Molitor. And I probably was like, you know, why not? And then she said, because I don't really get any food. And I said, what do you mean you don't get any food? And she said, well, I eat breakfast and lunch here. And it was in that moment that, I mean, I can still remember the moment. Yeah. It it will never, I mean, it hasn't left my brain. Yeah. And I thought about that comment all day, all night. And from there, I was talking with a friend and I had gone to the grocery store. I think I'd seen her at the grocery store. And she said, what are you doing? And I said, well... I'm getting some food for some of my students that they don't get to go anywhere. And they told me that they don't eat if they're not at school. And she said, well, let me help you. So then that led to one Facebook post. And from there, it has led to we now pack 150 bags for kids. And at at our Christmas break, we had, it was a 12-day break, and I had 12 breakfast items, 12 lunch items, 12 dinner items, and at least two snacks for the kids for every day. That is incredible. I, I remember, I'm, I'm tearing up right now because, like I said, those, those years that I was at an elementary school, I, I, I see those faces when mm-hmm. I hear, you know, and, and I know I've had those kids. And, um, and I, I remember... Um, seeing your your posts and in the in the first few years of you doing this, and and it's just incredible to see it now, you know, and see just the. I, I mean, you you have people from the community come in, and you have cases. People are going to Costco or Sam's or Family Fair here in town, Olson's, and bringing you pallets of macaroni and cheese or I mean like you said you're able to put together you know 12 breakfasts and 12 lunches and and I remember in the beginning that you know it was it was a grocery bag of whatever people could drop off you know it was it was a just a mishmash of stuff which right. was so needed and so appreciated but to see it become so well oiled and organized and and such a big undertaking people donate the bags for you or the boxes and you have people that come in and and help you pack and they do and i the community that we live in the communities are so incredible to help the charlotte community is wonderful and the number of groups and agencies and businesses and families that have helped make this possible. I could not do it without them. And it's such a blessing to live in a place where people are so willing to help. Mm. We're very fortunate. Very fortunate. That is amazing. It is now, cool. And to see uh, like the different people come in and help and for kids to be able to interact with other people and I have my classes help pack the bags and for them to have like a service project too um, is so powerful to show them that you don't have to be somewhere big like you can do 
any, if you put your mind to it, you can do it. Yes. And I tell them all the time, this started because a child told me that they don't, they didn't have food over break. And I said, and it hurt my heart. And to tell my own students that, and I tell it through the tears because I can't do it without crying because it means (laughs) that much to me. Yeah. And to see them then help and the smiles on their faces for helping. And it's so cute because they'll say, one of the favorite things we we did in your room this year was pack the bags. And it's just, it's a special thing for us to do with um, my classes. That's So you're not only, not only um, serving these kids, you're also spreading the wealth. You're spreading the the principle of of giving and generosity to the kids and teaching them a lesson in in how to treat others and that that to me that's as powerful as the food itself because you're 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 sowing seeds for the future growth of the community by by doing that and I just think that is wonderful um, not to to shortchange the food is wonderful but the fact that you're teaching the kids to do it themselves you're that's the old thing of uh, uh, give a man a fish and you know he's fed for a day, teach a man to fish and he's, you know, he's fed for life. Well, you're teaching right. these, these kids how to live. And I, I think that is incredible. Oh, thank you. Well, it's so super special to me and it, it brings so much joy to, like I said, not only help them, but to show them how we can help others. Yeah. It's so important because well, like you said, it doesn't have to be a big thing. This this has become a very big thing. But you were helping people in its infancy when it was just starting, you know, when it was a handful of kids. And, and then each year it has just grown more and more and more. How far ahead of time do you start rallying and asking for donations and, and letting people know this is coming up? So I always start thinking about it the first of November. Okay. And I usually um I do I do all of my advertising per se through social media. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point now where people reach out to me and say, "Hey, you know, let us know, let us know." Be- like I said, we have got such a great community that um people stay connected with me all year round for this. And so it's mid-November that I start um, having a lot of conversations with people and even sharing with them things that are easy um, to pack and then also things that are easy for kids to eat. Um, You never want to make the assumption that people have certain items to have at their house. Um, So we try and think of things, I've tried to think of things that are easy even with hot water. So mm-hmm. oatmeal packets are huge, um, hot chocolate, uh, ramen noodle packages, macaroni and cheese cups, granola bars, um, things that are easy for kids to open, mm-hmm. easy for them to eat, easy for them to heat up if, you know, if they can. Right, right. Microwavable things they don't need to use necessarily pots and pans because right. not everyone has access to that. Um, kids well, and it's just a stove is more dangerous for a little kid exactly. versus microwaves are usually a little less. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So you will be, you said you did 100, 150 bags we did. this Christmas. Mm-hmm. Do you at spring break? Do you normally do about the same amount? Do you, do. Do you reach so the same? I do, yep, I do the same amount. 
And so, and then I always look at the number of days that a break is. And so spring breaks are usually 11 or 12 days as well. And so it'll be my goal then. And, you know, I'm also math. I love the math part. I'm not a math teacher, but I love math. Not anymore. You were. (laughs) That's right. If you figure 150 bags times 10 days, you know how many granola bars you would need. Right. Right. So, right. I'm thinking you just came up with a new math assignment for your, uh, well, no, you don't teach math anymore. You I don't, up- but I do tell the kids. They can figure right, it out. Right, exactly. Extra credit, extra credit. Make it a story problem. That could be ELA, right? right? Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, Johnny has four granola bars. He heads west on the railroad tracks. And does, you know, never mind. Right. the extra information right. that you don't really need to know about. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly, right. yeah. Um, when uh, when you, Mark, were talking about how this is a great way for Sarah to to not only serve the community and serve the children that need this, but also teach her students servitude and um, community outreach. She, um, I, I, Sarah, I'm going to praise on you a bit. <laughs> that's that's the kind of teacher Sarah is. She's she's incredible and. Um, I just have to share a little, um, couple of years, a few years ago during COVID, Sarah reached out to me and, um, I did a zoom presentation with her class on Parkinson's and it was born from, they were working. If, if I'm remembering this correctly, tell me if I'm wrong, Sarah, but, um, they were working on a writing assignment and she was trying to come up with the topic. And I believe you had them initially they were going to work on something geography related of uh, some they had to learn about a country or something like that and she was having a tough time in her classroom there had been some unkind words being traded among students and it stemmed from misunderstanding people who are differently challenged and she reached out to me and asked me if I would speak about some of the challenges of parkinson's disease she wanted the kids, she changed the writing assignment and had the kids learn about um, a disability or an illness that they had maybe heard about, but didn't know a whole lot about, and was using that as a way to try to combat the unkind atmosphere that was happening in her classroom. She combined that with this ELA assignment and just you know, was making them more compassionate people without them really knowing that that's what she was doing. Just, you know, she's just creative and, and, but that's the kind of teacher she is. She is helping raise good humans, not just ABCs and one, two, threes. So there's my little praise for my teacher friend. So, <laughs> so, and well, uh, you know, I adore you. Um, you also, well, well, I should stay on the, the food bags for a minute. Um, so spring break will be coming up, um, quicker than what we all would like it to. It's going to be here before we know it. And we will, I'm going to get, um, the information from you. And for the listeners in our community, 
that would like to help out, I will have all of that on our website, makingitmeaningful.com. And it will allow you to find out how to donate, um, what Sarah will need for spring break. And um, her kids will have done those math problems and she'll know her numbers. So we'll have all of that. Yeah. So, um, but another thing that you do in the summertime, you have through your church, you do a back to school drive that again, started small and has turned into just this phenomenal multi-day outreach that is just impressive. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that was another thing that um, I was talking with a student and they said something and it just struck a chord within me. It hurt my heart. Um, Kids had come back to school and, you know, on the first day of school, some kids come with brand new outfits and new clothes, you know, new clothes, new backpacks, new pencil boxes. And then there's kids that that's not possible for them. Mm -hmm. And with the cost of living, you know, increasing and different, you know, different things like that. I thought, you know, how can we help families when it comes to clothing? And when you have kids of your own and they're growing in and out of clothes so quickly and you, you know, I had my little network of friends that we would trade clothes and things like that. And I thought, well, let's do that, you know, at a, at a higher level. So I thought about that and I thought about, okay, how, how can this happen? Cause I don't know how to do it out of my house. That's a big undertaking. It was. And then I thought, well, I could do it at school, but in the summer, you know, we're cleaning the school and getting it ready for, um, back to school things. And so it's, you know, schools in August are busy mm-hmm. and there's a lot behind the scenes that people don't know that schools are doing. So I was trying to figure it out and I was talking with my pastor and he was, he's, he was always so wonderful and ideas that I would come up with. And he, and I asked him if I could host it at our church and he said at our church and I, we have a nice big gymnasium. Mm-hmm. And so he said, yeah, let's go for it. And so I said, okay. So here was another little brainchild of mine that we would, <laughs> um, collect donations of clothes. And so I remember putting out on social media that we were going to host, a clothing giveaway and that we were looking for donations of clothes and that we would go and pick clothes up or I could meet people at places. And so that's what I started doing. So school got out in June and I started making regular posts on social media. And again, families from all around donated beautiful clothes. And so I would store it in my church's gym throughout the summer had all kinds of people be so gracious to help. And so we would set up tables, fold the clothes, organize the clothes. And then we have had um, a day where families could come in and there was no, the, the nice thing about this is there's no cost, not even to get in. So some mom to mom sales, you have to pay money to get in. And that would be a hindrance for a family that needs help with, with clothing and shoes. So that started uh, about the same time. And so it is another event that, oh, it's so, it's, it's, it's the best, um, <laughs> to be able to help families and to help that ease of getting new clothes 
And we also give every family that comes in a bag of school supplies. Um, when it was COVID and, you know, things were really rough with different things, we were able to give away some gas cards, some laundry detergent, um, you know, what, why can't I think of the word? <laughs> Containers of laundry detergent. That's not the right word, but you know what <laughs> <Right>? I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever. Jugs, bottles, whatever. I don't right. know. Jugs, that, that works. Jugs. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's just been a really great event, um, again, to help families in need. And it's so nice. It's centrally located in between so many communities that it reaches um, a wide, a really wide radius of mm-hmm. our our communities here. Yeah, because I'm, I'm guessing it probably reach you probably reach Central Lake and Bel Air. Yep. So we uh, had Ellsworth, families from Elk Rapids, Elk Rapids, okay. Central Lake, yeah. Ellsworth, East Jordan, Charlevoix. Um, we yeah. had some families from Gaylord come all the way over okay. um, just because they had family and they were in the area and they kind of planned it around that day. And um, last year, I'm trying to remember how many bags of clothes we gave this past summer. Um, I think it was like 700 and some bags of clothes that went out. Wow. And again, we had um, a local business donate bags um, for families and through volunteers from my church and outside of the church um, that helped set it all up. And the amount of people that were willing to donate their um, beautiful used clothing for yeah. for for kids, for teenagers, um, it's, it's yeah. a really great outreach. Well, and, and that was something too, is, is this has even expanded again, started out with a few tables here and there, and now you have a gymnasium filled. And, and those of you that know Sarah know how incredibly organized she is. And it is a very organized giveaway, um, size, sizes and genders and clothing types are, are organized and sorted and folded and the gymnasium is full. And, and like you said, you've added the backpacks and the school supplies, there's shoes and boots, there's winter gear. Um, and you've even expanded in the last couple of years. It isn't just kids. You have some teen and young adult sizes and, and adult sizes as well that, um, if the parents are in need, there's, there are options available for them as well. So right. And high schoolers are in adult size clothes. So it's so nice to reach that population as well. Um, not just the elementary kids, but to reach, um, you know, our teenagers too. And we we had prom and homecoming dresses this past year, which was so fun to see girls get all excited for, um, you know, a prom dress or a homecoming dress. And it, it is a great outreach and it's such a blessing to to be a part of something like this. That's you know, that's, that's funny you say that. Um, our local news here in uh, Phoenix did a story on a place that uh, that collected these nice uh, uh, prom gowns and things like that. And it's a place where, where uh, girls can come and, and select a prom dress for free. And, and my brother and I were talking about it. And back in the 80s, when I went to prom, prom dresses were, were expensive and, you know, not always uh, everybody could get one. Well, you know, 
like you said, with the cost of living and inflation, and whatnot. I mean, you imagine being in the high school now and and trying to get a prom dress, and there's a lot of people that will have a problem with that, especially with all the expenses of that senior year. And so, that type of thing means the world to that 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 girl that's going to be dressing up and impressing for prom night. Uh, that that is amazing that you're doing that. That's 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 wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it is so fun to see kids' faces light up, teenagers' faces light up for something that they are so excited about. It mm-hmm. is probably one of my, the favorite, my most favorite days of the whole year. Yeah. So you said you start collecting, I, and I know that you collect year-round. I, I know that you'll have people, I'll see posts, you know, hey, Sarah, I've got a bag of clothes. Where can I meet you? you know, I know that you collect year-round. You really work hard from like you said, starting in June when your life may be slow. I don't know. Your life doesn't slow down. My life doesn't slow down, but (laughs) when school is out, I have more time to um, drive. But honestly, families will even meet me right at school. And yeah, yeah, we just have such gracious people in our communities that are so willing to donate and to help. And I could not do any of this without help. So I, you know, I may have started something but it is not it's not all because of me it's because I have people that are so willing to help and they have kind and giving hearts but that that's and and that's exactly what we're trying to shine a light on here is people so many of us hear those stories that you said Mm. and but we don't do anything about it we you know it it hurts our hearts like you said and it makes us sad and we go home and, and it weighs on us and we pray about it. And, and, and not that that's nothing, but that's where it ends. But not for you. You know, you do something about it. And that's, those are the kind of things that we are trying to highlight and shine a light on here at Making It Meaningful. And what can our listeners, what can we do to help you um are there supplies that you need are is there word of mouth that you need how can our listeners help you grow this even more and is there a facebook page that you'd like to tell people about things like that so i I love any help I can get. I love <laughs> recruiting people. I love, I guess this is where my extrovertness comes in to play because I love visiting with people. And I just, I just feel like I, I've always loved Jesus and love others. That's just kind of like my thing, like yeah. love other people and how, how, how can we help? And, um, smiles are so much better than tears. So, um, you know, donations are always helpful. Those, I mean, I couldn't fill a gym full of clothes without donations of of items. And so that's super helpful. And, um, donations of school supplies. That's always, that's, that's always another one. Um, crayons and markers and colored pencils, all those supplies, they're expensive. And, um, it's hard for a family of with four kids. Mm-hmm. Nikki, you know how much it when you had four kids in school, oh. you know exactly what it was like when they're all bringing their lists home and you know and you need this yeah. and you need that and and you know the 
the school supplies have, they've been the same through many years, but there's, you know, now they need headphones and, or, right. you know, earbuds and there's just so yeah. many things and there's things. So donations of school supplies, cause some people are like, I don't have any clothes to like give you, but I said, well, yeah. school supplies are great too. Well, um, and that, you know, again, something that I knew existed, but saw it firsthand when I did work in a school. Um, teachers' budgets are are being cut more and more and more, and and they they don't want to pass that on to families because they know that families are struggling as well. And so, so many of the teachers, you know, a two hundred and fifty dollar supply budget does not go very far when you have a classroom of 30 kids, you know, and, you know, and, and in the schools where, you know, beyond elementary, where you have 30 kids times five sessions, you know, is right. Those are a lot of supplies. And, and I know um, teachers do a lot of that out of their own pockets. And so um, we'll get a list. We'll, we'll put a list on um, our website of, from a teacher of <laughs> needed supplies that we can add to to your back to school drive to to help out with with that part of it and um yep and i always tell people like when they ask that too and like if you ever think about it even the during the the school year no teacher is going to not appreciate a bag of school supplies just brought into an office and say here would you give this to the fifth grade classrooms Right. You know, it's right. just yeah, such supplies, an easy thing to do. Supplies to, start dwindling um, come February and March, right? Mm -hmm. The glue <laughs> sticks are gone by April and we still have May and June. Right. You've got all those Mother's Day and, and year end and graduation right. things to be doing, right? That's right. Right. You I think we go through lots of glue sticks. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Well, we'll get a list out on our website of, of those kind of things that that classrooms can use and, and ways to, to help out. So awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So Sarah, is there anything that we didn't ask you that you wished that we had? Is there anything that you want to share that we didn't touch on? Wow, I wasn't prepared for that question, Nikki. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I don't think so. I just, I just really appreciate you even asking me. I, at first, I thought I don't really know why you would want me on your oh. thing, but I just, I really appreciate it. And I just, like I said, I, I grew up in a family where we, um, we love others and we help and we we work and we make it happen. And so it just is something that has naturally come to me. And I, like I said, I love my job. I love those kids and I would do absolutely anything. There's some things that you can't change for a kid. Um, and that breaks my heart, but when there's something that I can do, I can't imagine not doing it. Yeah. Well, and for those of you that, that know, Sarah, know that, her mom is a retired teacher as well. And, and if you go on to social media and see these projects that Sarah works on in the pictures, you will very often see her mom and her dad. See, I'm, yes. I'm going to tear up. So <laughs> you'll see yep, her mom and her what, dad. 
I'm surprised the- Nikki's going to tear up. I, I, I would know. be so surprised <laughs> right? with that. <laughs> right, right. I know. She's making me giddy a little teary. <laughs> I have the best parents who yeah. have always supported me since I was since I was little, and I never have to ask. They're just there, and my parents mm. are there to help pack the bags and my dad is my math guy. And so if you know my dad, you know how much he loves math and numbers. So when yeah. I tell him, Hey dad, uh, food bags, and he'll, he'll tell me, Hey, when, what do you, when are we doing the bags? And so he'll figure out if I have, you know, 20 boxes of oatmeal that has 52 things of oatmeal in each one. And we're packing 150 bags. He can tell me exactly how many need to go in each bag. And so just to have that with my parents is such a blessing too. Yeah. And, you know, I've been able to have my kids help, my own kids yeah, help in the summer with the um, clothing thing. Because again, it's one thing for me to, you know, to say it, but I want my own kids to do it too. I want them to know yeah. that we, we help others. We love Jesus and we love others. And that, that's what we do. You know, I, um, back when Hurricane Katrina happened, um, we were camping actually when that happened. And so we were unplugged from, you know, any news, any radio, anything like that. And we got home and, you know, had the TV on one night or whatever. And Mike and I were like, what happened? I mean, we had no idea It, it was, you know, post Katrina and, you know, just that, the, just the aftermath and and the devastation. And I can remember watching a news story and, and at the time the twins were, I don't remember their ages, but I know the twins were in diapers. And so Mason and Ellie were, I, I don't know their ages, but twins were diapers. So add three years, add three years. That's, that's how old the kids were. And I remember watching this story of this. Well, let me go back. You know, as having had children, you get tired of changing diapers. You're like, again, again, you know, you get frustrated and you you feel like you're buried in them. And I remember watching this story of this mother holding her child. And he had a diaper on literally hanging off of him. And she said, I haven't had a clean diaper for him in three days. And Mm. I lost it. And I thought, and here I am complaining. And I thought that that's not okay. And I was looking for, oh, what can I do? You know, and and I know like we could donate money to the Salvation Army or to the American Red Cross, but my, that wouldn't have shown Mason and Ellie how we help. And so I very quickly and very chaotically put together a diaper drive through my church. And I, I wished I had written down, I don't remember how many boxes we sent out, but we sent out boxes and boxes and boxes to Baton Rouge um, of diapers and wipes and onesies and, and just the way the community rallies when you ask for stuff like that. And it was so tangible for my kids. They could see that they helped me pack the bags. They helped me haul everything to UPS to mail it out, you know, which that shipping ended up being donated when they found out what we were doing. And anyhow, 
your kids saw you do that. Your kids saw, they see what you're doing in the summer. They see how you're helping other kids. Your students see how you're helping kids. And those people are going to go out in the community and remember those things. And they're going to make it meaningful. And that's what we are trying to do here. So, Sarah. (laughs) you are amazing and I am just so grateful for your time I know how busy you are just with life in general with as you said you have a daughter who's a senior which is a crazy busy year and then I your son is is he sophomore or Yeah. So Max is in ninth grade. So Max is in ninth grade, busy with sports, busy with school. Molly's a senior, busy with sports, busy (laughs) with school, trying to figure out what next plans are. Matt's got some fun work stuff. He's running for sheriff. So that's exciting. We are, we're busy. Um, You are very busy. I am not too busy for this. I just appreciate you even asking me. I always love reading your writings. You are, you're able to say things in such a way that is so special and, you know, you're make it meaningful. It's so true. I mean, you make words meaningful and you make it happen so easily. And I just think that you have such an amazing thing going and your story is so great. And I just appreciate you even wanting me to be part of it. And I, I love it. And I love you. Well, I love you. And I'm just honored that to be able to say that you were our first live guest. And I appreciate the time that you've given us. I appreciate the time that you give to our community and our children in the community. And this is what we're trying to do here at Making It Meaningful, the podcast is shine a light on people like you who see a challenge and say, I can do something about it. And you do. So thank you so much for being you. Um, and thank you for giving us your time and joining us on making it meaningful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah. This has been a treasure. Thanks for joining us on this episode of making it meaningful, the podcast to subscribe to the podcast and keep up to date as new episodes are released head to makingitmeaningful.com. If you know of someone we should spotlight on the show, please reach out to us at mimthepodcast at gmail.com. That's M-I-M, as in Make It Meaningful, the podcast at gmail.com. And to our listeners, this is Nikki Luisell and Mark Milo reminding you to be kind to one another, lend a helping hand, and as always, make it meaningful. Thank you for listening.